Welcome to track number 12 of Do the Work of an Evangelist. The phenomenon of wasted goods. The wasted goods phenomenon. In Luke 16 verse 11. Now, during the last session we began to talk about the anointing. And I just want to... Um, we're going to just read this one and talk about that anointing. It says, there was a certain rich man... This is the book with those type of stories. You don't have it in John, Matthew, Mark, and so on. You have this one. There was a certain rich man. This is about the third time he's saying there was a certain rich man. Isn't it? Clothed in purple and fine linen. There's another rich man. There was a certain rich man whose ground brought forth bountifully. Isn't it? What do you think? Huh? This is the third. There was a certain rich man. He says he liked facing rich people though. You may easily think that you may easily think that he's against riches. There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called Luke sixteen verse one verse two. And he called unto him and said, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the servant said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg, I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much was thou unto my Lord? And he said, Hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly, write fifty. And he said to another, How much was thou? And he said, Hundred. And he said, take that, but write four score. That's 80. The Lord commanded the unjust servant, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourself friends of, um, of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fall, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Forgive. He that is faithful unto the, in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the righteous man, who commit your hand the true riches? If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mercy. Jesus, he didn't change the DNA. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's true. Now, the key about this particular uh, the phenomenon of wasted goods, I like that. It's, a, it's an interesting occurrence. <laughs> All these are occurrences that occur. <laughs> Happenings that happen. I think it's a tragic uh, and unfortunate happening that we tend to waste opportunities that we have. Now this guy knew that he was out. He was going to be sacked. So, in his own unrighteous way, he made the most use of the last few minutes that he had on this earth. Do you get it? One time I had a vision. And uh, in the vision, I was at home. No, I mean in my house. I don't know whether it was my house, but a house. I think it was my house. And uh, two people came to see me 
And these two men were brothers. And they were dead people who had died. <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying? They were, they were dead brothers who had died. In the vision, they were dead, but had come back to life. Do you see? And they, they had been pastors preaching and doing the work of God. They had started churches, singing, doing things. And they came back to earth to, and they went around the churches they had started on the works that they had done. And then they tried to revive them and to talk and so on. And after going around on earth again, they came back to my house as the last stop before they went back to be with the Lord. So I was sitting, we were eating. The two of them were there. And I was also sitting there. And then they were talking to me. And then they told me about their experience when they came back. And they told me three things. They said, we want to tell you three things. Do you want to know the three things? The first, he says, that the first was that. Number one, he said, the most surprising thing that happened when we died was we were so surprised about the time that we died. We never thought we would die when we died. He said that was the greatest surprise, and especially because we were working for God, we never thought we would die. <laughs> we never thought we would. It was the greatest surprise to find ourselves dying at the time that we died. These two brothers. It's a very wild vision. The doctors who died, the young one. I remember the last time he was in my office with his wife. You know, when he when he died, I, I talked to his wife for some time. I was talking to her. I said, so I said, look, was, did you did you think? Did you ask? Did you ever talk about dying? She said, never. I said, did it ever come up in the discussion, maybe at home, that this or maybe this will happen or that would happen? Or was there any? She said, never. So did it flash? She said, the faintest thought that it would ever you, you could be dead <laughs> never crossed her mind or anybody's mind. Yeah. She showed me the text that he sent her. And when they were leaving Sunyani, he sent the text that we have, we have left. And they were just getting home. Coolly driving a land cruiser. And he was sitting in the middle. In the middle at the back. So she said even when she heard that there had been an accident. But that was the first thing. You know, they, they have a way of saying the news. Oh, there has been a situation. They will not say... So when she said, so she knew that he always sits in the middle and at the back, so he'll be okay. Wow. When they died, uh, so a nurse who was passing by and saw the people and said, this is a Kalibu car and these are the people lying there. Hey! I think, not in the wildest imagination would you imagine that you'll be dead at the time that you died. And the way they describe it, I can imagine them coming out of their bodies and standing by the car at Bonsu Junction on the Kumasi Road in Ghana. Look at that. And you know the nurses in Kolibu Hospital, they are bad. You know what they said? Some of them said, he said, among the three doctors, he said, 
they said in English, which means that it is this one who doesn't know God of the three one of them he doesn't know God so as they are working with you they know in their heart that this person doesn't know God and this one this one know God mercy <laughs> that this one is going to hell this one is going to hell <laughs> but I think that that particular thing said that that the most surprising thing of all was the time that we died. We never thought we would die. Recently, a lady pastor in Nigeria died, called Pastor Bimbo. She was a very famous pastor. Pastor Bimbo. Pastor Bimbo is dead. Huh? She preaches on Ghana television. On marriage. On this, that. She's beating a book. Where a beautiful young lady. When they do the 10 top most beautiful Nigerian ladies, she's in it. The 10 most fashionable, this is in it. The 10 most popular, this is in it. Everything she's in it. She preaches, anointed preaching. Oh, we were there Sunday when we heard, they said, ah, Pastor Bimbo. Said, so I sent a test to Pastor Jake in Lagos. I said, Is it true that? He said, What? He didn't also know. So he tried to find us out. The unbelievable had happened. Very poor. She's like Joyce Mayer in Nigeria or even in Africa. That's how she. And if you listen to her, my wife was telling me, she said, when you watch her last speech, she said, death is not on the mind at all. And there were 65 children on that plane. You see, there had been a plane crash before. But you never think that it, 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 will, it will happen. And, and just with you. 65 children school children and she you see so when I went to Lagos I was so discouraged because she's she's like she's also doing my work when somebody is doing your work dies you you think about it because you think about yourself that it could easily be you and the one person was telling me when they they heard that some people survived everybody said the person Bimbo will survive they all thought that if anybody would survive, Pastor Bimbo would survive. And when I went to Lagos, I went to see the husband. That time they had not buried us. So Pastor Jay said, we should, I, we should go and greet the, the man. So I went to the house, Colonel Peace. They have made her picture beautiful, signing condolence, people coming, going. Oh! Sunday morning. Yeah! And she, her children have landed from somehow. One has come from England, one has come from the all come for Christmas. Oh. Yeah, Christmas time. <laughs> no, no, it was like, it was like early December. And I was talking with the husband. You will never think that she will go. They said, when the plane was coming to land, instead of coming to the runway, the thing came before the runway. And then it broke into two. So the the front part, the cockpit, and the front people. He said, my wife was here, my head, her assistant, personal assistant was here, here, here. The only survivor is a personal assistant, the one who was sitting by her. That's the only living survivor of that plane. Yeah. And everybody at the back, the plane broke into two. The, all the people at the back, everybody went down. And then the cockpit and the front people went forward. On their own. And the last thing she said when she was preaching, she said, This is my personal assistant. She's getting married in six weeks. And truly, she's getting married in six weeks. But she never thought she would die. So, 
That was the first thing that they told me. And me, I used to think that I can't die because I'm doing the work of God. Till I had my accident on the Tamale Road. That's when that delusion went out of me very fast. <laughs> it was a current state delusion. Based on my work, I said, I'm, I am precious to God. Mm-hmm. God really needs me. God is really using me. And if God takes me away, it will affect his work. So I need to stay here. <laughs> but if you have an accident and you see you never know when somebody is recounting this until you have had one you will not understand why he keeps talking about when he's talking he says oh this thing we fed it and so I mean it's okay yeah move on everybody has a bad experience Charlie try and overcome it <laughs> but when you've seen death very close it affects you. But it must have a particular effect on you. Then the second thing they told me was that when they went around, they were sitting at the table, they were just about to go to heaven. And they said, that the second thing they said that when we went around, all our churches, the songs, we tried to revive our songs, said it wasn't working. It didn't work. People didn't want to sing our songs. They didn't, our messages were not working. Nothing worked. And then the third thing they said to me, pointing at me, said, you have the best chance now. Do what you have to do now. You have the best chance now. And that's what this servant said. When he heard that, his days were numbered. Whatever I can do maximally, to do which I can only do whilst I'm here, I will do it. And he made maximum use. And that's why Jesus said that the children of the world, in their generation and in their world and in their things, they are far wiser than those of us who are in the kingdom. One day, a brother was going to a place, one country, and I called him. I sat by. I said to him, brother, always think like a dying man and you will be a very wise person. It was like a word of Knowledge or wisdom or something. Think like a dying. Think like somebody who's going to die soon. All the things you do will be wise things. They will all be wise things. But when you live like you're going to live forever, which is not true, or you're going to live for a very long time, which is not true, do you see? (laughs) You, you, You behave differently, you calculate differently, you do things differently. But when you have the mind that any moment now you can just check out you, everything is different even the kind of house you build will be different because if for instance you build a huge mansion usually your child cannot stay in it they can't stay in it because it's too big for one of them do you see uh, if, if you have three small flats it will be better than one huge mansion well, my father died, you had to. So, big up to today, we have not finished dividing it. <laughs> to say this is for this place is for, yeah, it's not easy to divide that 11 years ago. To even, because that big house with this, 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 this you can't easily share it. <sighs> Very wild. But if you think of that rather, you may rather want to say, because many of you, if when you came to America, your father has said, oh, I have a little apartment in uh, Philadelphia. You can have, you stay there. And then your father said, oh, I have this little uh, studio in this. And said, it would have helped you to be in this life. Heavily. 
And so it is also for your child. That if in the future, you say, look, this little uh, one, I bought it for 20,000. 20, now I could pay for it cash. I've it's for you. This one is for you. This one is for you. It's better than that huge thing with a swimming pool and things and all those things that nobody can use. You can't even swim. If you fall, you will drown. And you have got a swimming pool. Now, I'm saying that if you think of the future or that you are like a dying person. But if you are dying now, you want some, this for my daughter, this for my son. When he's 21 years old, give him this house. When he's 21, give him this one bedroom flat. When he's 22, and that one you can pay for without getting into bondage. Yeah? But we don't think that way. We follow people and build huge bands. And sometimes in the middle of the bands, no, you are caught. Because mm. people will praise you. So, yeah. What a beautiful wow, Charlie. Hey, me. Swimming. So, when do you swim? So, I swim on the weekends and sometimes in the evening. I feel like, I look like. <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> no. Think if you are going to die in exactly two years from now, think of what you do. It will be very different from if you think that you die when you are 70 or 80. You think about that. So if you don't die in two years and you have done everything very nicely for two years, then so now let's, let's say that I will die in another two years. Then you do it again. By the time you don't die up to the age of 70, you have done so many powerful things and they are all there. So then that's why when your child comes, you say, you know, uh, you take the three houses, the three flats in uh, New Jersey, you take the four that I had when I was in North Carolina, and then my two studios in London, you have them, and then my this and that in Ghana, if you have them, you share them to your three children or your two children. It's better. They say, one big swimming pool. Big, big, big and they can sell all and buy. By that time, the price ah, would be very, very expensive. It would have given them jewels. Me, when I was getting married, I wish I had a place to stay. I stayed in my father's hotel room 14 for three years and gave birth to two children. Do you remember? With two house helps. We're all in the room, playing hide and seek. <laughs> but I tell you, the guy said, you have the best chance now. Now the preaching is working. There is a time when it won't work. The way it works now. It's true. It's true. Look, those who came with the Pentecostal message, Holy Spirit baptism, be filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues, ten reasons why you should speak in tongues. Those things, they are not working now. They are just truths that we use. We work on it, but we don't use them actively. It's like it's almost by diffusion or osmosis, those inform- that information passes through. It's not a message that comes up. Ten reasons why you should speak in tongues. By the time I finish, you all be asleep. <laughs> so those who had that message in 1923, if they come now with that message, it won't work. Because God has moved on, and there are new truths and other things that He's now emphasizing. And you are still on your 1923 message. Do you see? About speaking in tongues. The first reason is edification. Exhortation and comfort or edification. He that speaks unknown tongues. Turn to First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse nine. It is also when I speak in tongues, I speak to myself and to God. So one of the reasons for speaking in tongues is to speak to yourself and to God. The next reason, uh, when you speak in tongues, it's a mystery. So this, oh, <laughs> it's past. It's not that it's not true anymore. It's very true, and we still use it. 
But you see now, God may be emphasizing something else. And you are forcing to do something that's like a, a man who showed me a bridge in South America. The bridge was over the river. And then he showed me another picture. There was the bridge and the river was here. And I said, how did it happen? He said that there was a huge flood. And after the flood went down, the river was here. And they had built a huge bridge over here. The, the river actually moved. And so the bridge goes over dry land. He showed it to me. It's not that I'm saying. I'm talking about a big bridge over a huge river. That you go over. It's a phenomenon. And, and some people will say, as far as I'm concerned, this is the bridge that I'm going to because we have spent a lot of money on this bridge. Yes. And we are not going to build any new bridge. And this is what we know. You see, we have built it for 48 years. It's not today I coming to not to use this bridge. It's worth all this time. That's what we, we are we are into bridges. This is our first bridge. It's passed. The river has now shifted all the way to the other side. Huh? It's a great phenomenon. It's a re- I saw and I have the picture. I'm surprised I have not shown you that picture before. I have the picture because he gave me National Geographic magazine. I think it was. Yeah. A river, a big river moved away from the bridge. <laughs> yeah. No, it, you see, it didn't change the course, oh, the direction. The direction was still there, but it moved laterally to the side. It was way to the side, and the bridge was over dry land. You won't build a new bridge. You have to set up and build a completely new bridge. So many times there are things with that, and I think one of the most precious commodities that God gives us is time. Look, if you are a doctor, if you are, you see, when you are a doctor, because you've done anatomy, you have dissected dead bodies, you have a picture of the kidney, heart, the lungs, the intestines, the inside, the fat. Don't you see somebody with a big stomach like man? You, you have a picture of what is inside all these places. Do you get what I'm saying? As a doctor, you know that the heart is beating 80 times in a minute. How long will it never be tired? Always poo, 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 poo. And how, when you see, when you do surgery, open up and you see a cancerous whatever, you know, so, so how long will your kidneys be, I mean, intact and normal? How long will all this be? Why is that somebody's own changes? You know, so how many years do we have? We don't even know what God has decided or allowed as we fool around with that time. Yeah. I, I, I think that our time is very limited And that's how I think Yes I think in that way And it makes me calculate Two things Like I'm saying Even if you are talking about your children You do things differently Yeah Or you don't think so Yeah But when you have the mind that I'm going to be here forever I'm going to be here forever I'm going to be here for a very long time It's not true It's not true I won't be here forever. I won't be here for a long time. It will not be long. It will be long. We'll be going home. It will be long. Yeah. 
One of the important goods that we are not supposed to waste is your time. Your time. That's the time that I'm talking about. It's the most precious. And rejoiner said in the vision, the Lord said to him, um, when I'm giving you mercy, I give you time. He said, when I give you, when I'm showing you mercy, I give you time. He said that time is my mercy. When I'm I'm going to be merciful to take it and I'll give him time. So when you cry, Lord, be merciful to me. Time. Because the time is now given to you to correct things, change things, organize things, change your mind. That's, that's mercy. How many want mercy? Have you seen that verse before? And the Lord, and, and the Lord preserve. The word preserve, do you see? Preserve to the day of the Lord. When you put meat in the freezer or food that has been cooked, you freeze it. When you die, eh, all your works and all your life is like that. It stays as it is. And that's what goes for the judgment. If you go like that, it stays there. That is how it would be presented. Fixed, frozen. As it is, this is what will be presented. So if you don't want to go like this, you have time to change to. So, you get what I'm saying? So time is what allows you to change from that grotesque. Move your hand quickly. Your time is running now. Move your hand. Smile. So you can be preserved in that way. <laughs> in a better way. <laughs> but if the thing catches you, what you are doing something like that. You'll be frozen in the wrong way. You'll be sitting on the toilet and you'll be frozen there. Have you watched Jurassic Park? There was a guy sitting on the toilet when the dinosaur came for him. It was not a good time to be catched. Fighting with dinosaurs when you are sitting on the toilet. <laughs> That's why sometimes I try to hurry people up. So try to see it quickly. Try to see it. Look at Pastor Bimbo. Somebody will die, but she will not die. But she died. Maybe she will not die. But she died. Look at Keith Green. You never think you would die. I want to, I need to be more like Jesus. I want to, I need to be more like Jesus. There's no greater love than your life for a friend. For a friend. I want to, I need to be more like Jesus. The guy said that the people were surprised when we died. And I think that is one of the greatest things about death. It is surprising. Huh? So you know what? We see the wisdom. I'm not acting a play. I'm not just saying nice words to just, I mean, entertain you till tomorrow morning. 
and God is ministering to you things that will make you even in your financial life and for your children and for your life and your ministry and your future and everything think as though you are going to die let's say the next one year the next two years let's assume that you will be dead calculate that way everything will be different yeah yeah don't think of I mean I'll be here forever I'll be here for till 70 I'll be here till 80 I'll be here look I know a church if you die before 70 they will not bury you in the church building because they say you don't have faith so they have, God, Jesus, God has promised you 3 score and 10 so when you die before 70 you are without faith no Jesus died he was 30, 30, 33 John the Baptist died he was about 30 what are you going to do and Jesus said, there was no greater man that has come from between the legs of a woman than John the Baptist. And he died only 30. A great person. So, so the age at which you die is not what determines how great you are. Methuselah was 965 years old. But only one sentence is used to describe him and remember him. Methuselah. He was this year and he lived 900 years. Finish. One sentence with all his years. And some people, a short life. And so many things. You can't stop writing like Jesus. You can't stop writing about, about his words. His words. You can't stop coming. We can't stop. We are preaching. It's been 2005 years. And we are still preaching about the things he described the phenomena that he described and we can't finish amen, amen. hallelujah amen. another thing that is wasted often are the gifts of God that are given to us amen, amen. we often don't appreciate and value what is given to us right. and so it's, it's important for you to try to appreciate the gift of God that is in you and that is with you whilst you have it. You know that most people that are really a blessing, you don't know they are a blessing till they are gone. Yeah. Is that not so? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pastor Bindo, I never valued her much till she died. When she died, I said, oh. And, I, and that's why recently I was thinking that if Benny Hinn was to die, all of you will see that hey, he was a great blessing to the church. A gift from God. But it's like you are used to seeing him coming on this thing, praying, asking for help, asking for money, asking for this, and so on. So, I mean, you just, you see, Hinn, you just ch- turn into something else. How many have ever seen Benihin and you just change the channel? Raise your hand. Yeah. It's like, I will know what he's going to say. Yeah. He's going to ask for help. Precious partners. Precious saints. <laughs> I'm coming to Jacksonville. I'll be here. I'll be here. I'll be here. They look at it. Change it to the news. But the day stops coming on TV. And you see, my God. God's servants are not to be wasted in your life. Now, I had another vision. Because I believe that I, I should share it with you. And I've shared it before. But I'll share it again. In that vision, I was at a convention. And at this convention, Kenneth Hagen was about to preach. Papa Hagen. Are you there? Yes. Are you feeling shrippy? No. Huh? 
It was a large convention with canopies. So many people. So I was kind of thinking, can I remember he came up the stairs like that? And I came with him. I was so happy. I said, this is the greatest day of my life. I'm going to introduce Kenneth Hagin to preach. So it was time for me to go. So I came onto the pulpit. And I said, I want to introduce Papa Hagin. He's, you know, this and that. And I started to tell them about what happened to me when I was in Suhum. <laughs> and how I was listening to the tape. And I had an experience. You know? And as I began to talk. My children, they were standing on the right and on the left. They started to talk to people over there. I don't like it when I'm talking and people start talking. They started talking, shouting, they were disturbing. Then there was commotion here, then there was commotion. Then somehow the whole place was full of noise. So all that I was saying, nobody could hear. <laughs> and it was like, it was rude for me not to introduce. So I had to just say that nobody heard what I was really talking about. And I introduced Papa Hayden. When I got up, the Lord said, your children, your children, eh? their behavior is such that, not my biological children, my spiritual children, their behavior in the ministry is such that it is even clouding out that message, your best message about the anointing. Because they are not catching it. Do you see? It's almost like it's not true. So they are, it is your children who are, who are even clouding out a very powerful truth and message. Because they are wasting the anointing that is for them to catch. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost as if it's not true. But it is true. Amen. Amen. You can be anointed. But that's why I give the same books that I read. I give it to everybody. But what I'm saying is the way you may handle Papa Hagen, I will handle him differently. I will fasten myself. Be one of my things. You see, one day one pastor was saying that he was my friend, and I was listening to the person. I was I realized that his estimation of friendship is different from mine. He was saying that well, I'm his close friend and so on. And I was thinking that no, I mean I don't see you as a close friend. I, mean, I just see you as somebody who's but I realized that what people see as friendship different like me I am either very deep or yes and, and so you, you you'll be surprised that if I go to the next town you know I, I, it's as if I'm in my house my family uh, many people don't know that different different churches and pastors and so on I have close relationships them like family or brothers and sisters or some you know it's connected quite deeply so people think that because he preaches loyalty, people are afraid in the church. No? People are not afraid. Are you afraid? No. And now that I'm going to ordain you when you leave, you are even freer. Yes. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So, I realize that if I'm relating with Papa again, it's a very deep relationship. But it's not the shallow relationship. You see, the deeper you go, the more you get. You think of your husband and you husbands and wives who are here. You don't shake, just shake hands. You don't just hug. Hugging is not the same as... You remove your private part. This one to remove your private part. Two private parts will be interrelating. Mm-hmm. You see that? <laughs> and it brings forth fruit.
Forgive. But this kind of handshakes, hugs, how are you, you know, hold hands, this, it, 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 it is something, but it's not deep enough to bring about something that brings forth fruit. Yeah. And you need to, you see, like the way I, I read books. I don't, I'm not a reader, by the way. People think that I'm a reader. Somebody was asking, how do you read so many? Yeah, I, when I was doing A-level, I had to choose between maths and biology. I prefer to do maths because I'm not the reading type. No, I'm not a reading type at all. <laughs> I don't like reading this history, philosophy, this, I, I, can't, I can't stand it at all. I'm a maths type of person. The reason why I did biology was because the maths students were getting D and E <laughs> in maths. And I look at it. You see, it is the law of the bell curve. You know the law of the bell curve. You must always apply it to your life. The bell curve or the normal distribution is that your life will be in the middle, usually. The average middle. It will not be the... You see, like I was talking to somebody who was going to a certain country. I said, your life is going to be like how those who came from here went there. That is how it will be, averagely. Don't think you will escape more than they escaped. Or you don't understand the message. You are going to marry. Your marriage will be just like how marriages are. There will be some extreme ones and extreme ones. But the law of the bell curve. You will be in the middle there. So we there. Ours will be totally. Will be. It's true. You may be that exceptional, heavenly, whatever one that exists. But, but you are going to be bell curve. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. How did I get into the bell curve? <laughs> and that's why I did math. Because I look, I said, I also get E. Everybody's getting E. What will make me get A? When people are getting E. I'll get E. So I'll do biology. Because the biology people are getting A or B. And I did biology. And I did well. And I came to medical school. And it, it seems to pain some people when I say those things. So He's always saying that he went to medical and so what? <laughs> if it pains you, it's a problem you have. Because if I'm preaching, I can only talk seven years of my life were in that school. How would I not talk about it? That's where I started the church when I was in that school. And somebody went to, uh, what do you call it, gondola, pussycat, this was his life, was doing bad things, and so, so when he's preaching, that's what he also said. This is what also I have, or I shouldn't say it. Ah. It's, not, it's not that I'm, I'm trying to say that, but that's also what my life is, was about. Yeah. The time that I, I received that anointing when I was in school, I was in medical school. I have been sent to go to community health in Suhum for one, one month. That's where I went. I was praying. I was just there. I can't say that I was, uh, I was traveling. I was doing some field. I was selling, I mean, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Milo and uh, Liver Brothers products and so on. No, I was, I was in medical school. Yeah. It's not that I'm trying to say something about it. But, but don't let it pain you. <laughs> Take Tylenol. <laughs> All the same you do. 
So, don't waste the anointed gifts. Rather, get deeper. If God has chosen somebody for you, and usually God doesn't have one person. You know, in your life, there's always... If you look at your Christian life, where you are today, it's not from one person. No, no, is it that word, Father? There's nobody qualified to be called Father. That's why Jesus said, don't call anybody Father. Because nobody is qualified to be your Father. But that is the title that God has. He's the only Father. He's the only one who can be a Father. So every human being who is a Father is somebody who is attempting to play a, a section of the fatherly role. When it comes to a point, somebody else has to take over. And you must learn it and accept it and then flow into it. You see, like my children, Pastor Go is like their father. And I like it. It's not something that I find. It's like their father. I mean, the, uh, my, my children were telling my wife, my sons were telling my wife, they were, they were telling my mother, so that she can't stay with them. She can't stay with them. I said that nobody can say the only people who can control us, Daddy and Pastor Ku. These are the two people who can control us. The only people who can control us, Daddy and Pastor Ku. They are the people who can control us. Yeah. Because me, I'm wild. I'm cool, but I'm wild. My wife is wilder than me. Me, I'm very cool. You see me, I'm cool. Don't, don't I look cool? You tell them, do this. It's me, I don't talk a lot. I said, tidy your room. The room is be like, I mean, you don't know where you are. <laughs> so one day I just said, no, I won't talk again. I sometimes I take a belt. I'll, beat, I'll just beat them. I'll pop, pop, pop. I said, don't get up there. <laughs> they just organized. And one day I decided I'm going to use another strategy. So I got water. I was sleeping and I went to pour water on me. I said, yeah, look at the room. The bed was wet. What happened in time? You were very bored, pal. <laughs> but that day, when they see me around the room, say, you this your room. You play the fool. I'll pour water on you in the night. You never forget. They were complaining to her. We couldn't sleep afterwards. The whole bed was wet. I said, Because she'll be talking. Da, 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 da. I said, You talk too much. Actions. Have you not seen that the mothers, they talk too much? The whole house is becoming tense. Don't talk at all. But I just took a bottle of water and I just poured it on them. That's it. <laughs> they were very bored. They were very bored. But you see, for, for your children to say that they the person who can control us, Pastor Oku, you see, you that they have seen him in a certain way. And he is that way. Too. You don't have to fight it. No human. Think about what your father taught you. There are so many things he left out. Is it not true? He can't even talk about it. When you reach a certain place, somebody else will talk about it. Yeah. And you have to be grateful to God. He's bring different people at different stages to your life. Yeah. That's why Jesus That's why Paul said, you have not many fathers. They didn't say you have only one father. You have not many fathers. So you have 10,000 instructors. So the fathers, see that they are in. There are not many, but there is a number. Eh? 
Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. So you have to flow with it. You have, you have to receive it. You have to flow with it. You have to accept it. And you have to benefit. If you see that this is it, then attach yourself like a leech. Yeah. Atta- and collect what is to be collected. And don't be just passively around. Alright, how are you? You're just coolly flowing around. No, deeper. One day the Lord spoke to me about rejoiner. I was just reading his books. The Lord said to me, receive him as a father. I was, I was, you know when sometimes something surprised, I was surprised. Well, I see him as a colleague. He's like, I mean, the Lord said, no, receive him as a father. And from that day, my attitude towards him changed. And the way I receive him as a father is I, I take everything that he says. I, I take, I think God is speaking. You see, God said to Moses, he said that, and you shall be to Aaron instead of God. And he shall be to you instead of, uh, what? Uh, a mouth. In other words, he will be a mouth. Instead of having a mouth, you have Aaron. And instead of him having God, he will have you. He shall be to you instead of God. And he said, he shall be to you instead of a mouth. Are you listening? Yeah. So you, you need to, if, if that is what the Lord is doing, Humble yourself, flow in it, and receive it. Amen. 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 And I want to say to you that, you see, those of us, we're talking about receiving anointing. You know something, eh? rivers don't flow upwards. They flow downwards. It doesn't even flow flat. That's the that when they are tiling floors where there's water, they slope it. Because it will only flow in a certain way. It flow this way, it flow, but it doesn't flow this way. Do you see? So that is where the humility comes in. Do you see? That's where the humility comes in. You've got to be humble. <laughs> Get your water. Get your water ready. Amen. And if, if, if God is giving you a father, a pastor, receive it properly. Not half-heartedly. Otherwise you waste it. Then when it's gone, you say, oh, you know, because when it's gone, you feel it's gone. I was talking to Bishop Duncan Williams, and I was asking him, I said, you know, we were just chatting. We were just walking in his church a few weeks ago, and I said, so if Archbishop Idahosa was here, how would things be? You know, some of the crises and situations he's been, he said, stop, I don't want to become emotional. So then I asked him, what would he say if he was here? He said, he would just out, he said, go to him and he would say, no, wait till I tell you. And that would be the end of the whole case. He said, I want to do this. I want to take this decision. No. He said, no. I said, no, wait till I tell you. And he said, that would be the end of that case. Should I divorce? Should I be stay there? Should I? It's complicated issues. You just say, no, wait till I tell you. That's the end of the matter. <laughs> and sometimes that's all that you need. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And the confusion of your life. Really? And I could really feel that he was, what he was telling. Because there are many things that are higher than you can imagine. One day I went to visit somebody and he was telling me a certain problem. Eh? I began to feel tension at, around this place. Eh? <laughs> then, then I got up. 
And I said, you know, son, can we pray? I want to leave. <laughs> I've not had a problem that is so difficult. Yeah. And there was nobody who could advise that person. Oh, yeah. You, you, you don't know. That's why when my father-in-law said to me, he said, there is no problem that I've been seeing some before in this world. I understood what he was talking about. Because when you stay for a long time, you see very amazingly complicated things. How many realize already your short life, the complex things are in it? (laughs) (laughs) This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.